0: There's a story told about Jesus and his interaction He'd been out praying and early one morning he goes to the temple and he begins to teach. Just a few people, family and friends gathered around him and as he begins to teach, there's a noise coming and it's a crowd coming and maybe it's a crowd coming to hear him teach, but the closer they get, we understand it's not a crowd, it is a mob. And in this mob, they have found a criminal who has been caught and convicted. And they bring this criminal to Jesus and she is a woman and they bring her to Jesus and she's been caught in the act of adultery. And they say to Jesus in an effort to try to trap him in an effort to try to dis... um, uh, to try to get rid of him, to cancel him, if you will. They just say, hey, Jesus, what, would she, what should we do with her? She was caught in the act of adultery. And Jesus just bends down and he begins to write on the ground. And we don't know what he writes. But as he begins to write, the crowd presses even further. Let me take a step back and say that in this society, we understand the, the penalty for being for adultery is death. This woman deserves to die by Jewish law. I want to ask a couple of questions. I want to ask, where in the world's the man? (laughs) If she was caught in the act, the act takes two. How come the man's not brought up on charges? Was he in the mob? I don't know, I'm just curious. Nobody, we're not told her name, we're not told where she's from. But historically and culturally, we would understand that a woman who's caught in adultery that's to be stoned to death would be stoned to death naked. So most likely to add to her embarrassment and add to her humility, here's this criminal who's been caught, who's been convicted standing naked. And the crowd says to Jesus, what are we supposed to do with her? And he won't answer and they push and they push and he straightens up and he looks at them and he says to them, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. And He bends back down and he begins to ride in the ground. And what we know about stoning is it would take place. The oldest man in the in the room with uh, oldest oldest man in the crowd would throw the first stone, and he might not throw as hard, but he might hit. And you want to make sure the stronger, younger, uh, more powerful throwers are at the end. And so they would throw from oldest to youngest. And the story goes that when Jesus said, "You who are without sin, cast the first stone," that they drop their stones oldest to youngest. One of the legends of this story would say that what Jesus is writing in the ground at that point is he's writing each man's name. He knew every man in the mob. He knew their name and he knew their birthday, so he knew the order in which they would throw. We don't know if that's true or not, but maybe he's writing their name in the dirt and he's writing their sin. And like, I know who you are and I saw what you did too. You want me to put you on trial? You want me to catch you as a criminal? You want me to convict you? And one by one, they drop their stones and they walk out and now all of a sudden it's Jesus and most likely this naked woman together. Imagine the scene absolute purity, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sinless and absolute impurity. A woman caught in adultery. What's going to happen? And I think the woman's trembling. She knows what her fate is. And Jesus wouldn't tell them what they were supposed to do because if he said, go ahead and stone her, it was that he was saying, uh, uh, Rome has taken away your ability to, to kill her. Roman law doesn't matter, and that would get him in trouble with Rome. If he said, you can't stone her because of Rome, that would get him in trouble with the Jews, because what, are you doing away with the, with the, with the law of Moses? And now it's just absolute purity and absolute impurity standing face to face. And I've got to tell you, I believe with all of my heart, that Jesus was not gazing on her outward naked body. Jesus is gazing at her exposed soul. And Jesus looks at her and he speaks, and the first words out of his mouth are woman. When he says, woman, this is a word of tenderness. This is a word of respect. This is a word of value. This is a word of honor. This is a woman who, standing and has lost all of those things as a convicted criminal. And Jesus restores it to her in this moment. This is the very same word Jesus uses when he addresses his own mother to the convict, to the criminal, to the one who was caught. Jesus says, you have value, you have honor. I." care about you and I care about your soul and I care about the emptiness that's in there and then he asked her two questions he's like where are they now did anyone condemn you because see that would be the progress you you're a criminal you're caught you're convicted then you're condemned to death and Jesus said did anyone condemn you and she looks at him and said no one Lord and Jesus says these two amazing things he says neither do I condemn you? My friends, Jesus offers something so much better than condemnation. John chapter three, verse 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Jesus offers freedom and not condemnation. And Jesus speaks freedom over this woman's life. And he says, I do not condemn you. You're free. You don't have to be tied. All kinds of people have all kinds of other names for you. And I simply call you woman and you're free. You have value, you have worth, you have dignity, you have honor. When nobody else sees it, I see it. I offer you freedom. And then Jesus says to her, go and sin no more. He offers her the power to live life the way it's intended to be living. Not bound by your past, but hopeful for the future that you have through a relationship with God, through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. What a powerful story.